Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning, because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange. Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Fullmetal Alchemist by Hiromu Arakawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kazum. And today we're going to be reading and discussing chapters 12 and 13. Woo! Yay! I feel like we're really making progress. We're in like volume three of the uh, <laughs> volume thirteen, or not volume chapter thirteen was in volume three of the full metal edition. So yeah, I know. And I pulled it off my shelf. I was like, oh, I hope I get my <laughs> my next volumes in time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, we're gonna do our uh, summary slash recap and then uh, go into some discussion. You can just say recap, detailed, <laughs> extremely detailed recap, if you want to. <laughs> I think it's a, it's an average detailed recap, but it's an extremely detailed summary. <laughs> All right. All right. <clears throat> drink no <laughs> but i need it man uh, i need my water should we invent a drinking game for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> you have to let your fans invent a drinking game <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's probably a full alchemist drinking game i don't know what it would be but mm. it's every like time some, take a shot every time there's happens. a horrific yeah. human rights violation <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i'm on board with that as a drinking game <laughs> it'll help you're you like, get through the pain yeah, you're like oh look it's volume two and i'm dead <laughs> how many is it like if a person dies or gets transmuted into something else do you get to drink like a, your full yeah, drink yeah. i think just drink until you feel better man yeah. <laughs> drink until you feel better <laughs> it's like drink. Forget. yes wait like just like we laugh to forget yes. <laughs> we laugh to hide the pain <laughs> well good now that we've given super solid and safe up. drinking advice yes <laughs> Let's get into some uh, undoubtedly awful things that will happen today, mm -hmm. I'm sure. All right. So chapter 12 opens with Ross and Brosh having just discovered their charges are missing. <laughs> Brosh moans that they're definitely going to get chewed out by Armstrong, but Ross just gets angry. Those little brats, how could they do this to us? She throws on her coat and rushes out the door. Let's go, she says. Huh? Where to? Brosh asks, following after her. Where else? The old lab number five. <laughs> Over at said lab, Ed is still fighting for his life against the serial killer formerly known as Slicer. After much swinging and stabbing around, Ed suddenly feels an odd sensation from his automobile arm. What was that, he thinks. My shoulder feels disjointed. He then remembers Winry warning him that the arm would be a little less durable now, and a look of dread shows on his face. I'd better wrap this up quick, he thinks, dodging another blow from 48. Ed gets more evasive, ducking and rolling and avoiding more direct contact. He takes a couple hits, but otherwise impresses his opponent, who compares him to a monkey and laughs that it's nice to have some lively prey for once. But that wound and your exhaustion will be your undoing, he says. Your friend outside is being dealt with by my ally even as we speak. He won't be able to save you. Ed asks if this ally is strong, and when 48 says that he is, but not as strong as him, Ed laughs. Then there's nothing to worry about, he says, getting back to his feet. I've never won a fight against him, ever. <laughs> outside, Al is proving this point by kicking 66's ass. <laughs> <laughs> he punched him in the skull face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 66 swings wildly with his blades, but is blocked or dodged at every turn, and he yells in frustration for Al to just stay still and let him chop him up. It won't hurt that bad, he insists, to which Al just says, what do you expect me to say? <laughs> Eventually, Al lands a blow that knocks 66's helmet off, confirming to us and revealing to Al that he is also a soul bound to an empty suit of armor. Your body is, Al begins, shocked, and a cackling 66 takes the opportunity to tell his own tale. Once upon a time in Central City, there was a butcher named Barry. Barry loved to chop up meat more than anything in the world. But one day, when Barry got tired of just chopping up cows and pigs, he found something new to chop up. People. And so he went out night after night in search of fresh meat. Eventually, Barry was caught, but not before he had slaughtered 23 victims. 
for terrorizing the poor people of Central City, Barry was sent straight to the gallows, and everyone lived happily ever after. At least, that's the version everyone knows. But there's actually more to this story. You see, Barry didn't actually wind up on the gallows like he was supposed to. Some people spared his life on the condition that he guard a certain location, but first they took away his old meat sack and trapped his soul inside a metal body. That's right, he's standing in front of you now. I'm Barry the Chopper. Who? Al asked, tilting his head. <laughs> and he explains to a deeply disappointed Barry that he's from a small country town, so he doesn't know any famous murderers from Central. Barry tries to rally, saying Al should at least be shocked by his body. Can you at least say, ah, or e, how'd, or how'd you do that? Throw me a freaking bone here. <laughs> Al calmly removes his own armor head. Ah, e, how'd you do that? Barry screams. <laughs> but after a moment of thought, he concludes that Al must also be another death row inmate turned guard and relaxes. Al grumpily insists that he's not a criminal and explains that his brother transmuted his soul to save him. And Barry starts laughing loudly at this explanation. My, my, ain't brotherly love beautiful, even if that love ain't real, he says. Al is confused and Barry continues. Are you really brothers? What if your personality and memories were all fabricated by your big brother? That's not possible, Al says. There's no doubt that I'm a human being named Alphonse Elric. Barry laughs again. What the hell is a soul anyway, he asks. How can you prove it exists when you can't even see it? Maybe your big brother and the people around you are all lying to you. Think about it. What proof do you have that this human you claim to be ever existed? Al, clearly unsettled, starts to shoot back. Then what about you? But they're interrupted by a guard who has finally noticed the disturbance. The guard aims a gun at them, but barely has enough time to tell them this place is off limits before Barry's cleaver cuts clean through his head. Shut up, Barry says as the body falls, then turns his attention back to Al. What about me, you ask? He says, stepping carelessly through the puddle of blood forming around the guard. That's easy. I love to chop up the flesh of living people. I love to kill so much I don't know what to do. I kill, therefore I am. That's all the proof I need to know that I exist. Blood drips from his cleaver as he laughs wildly and Al stares. Back inside, 48 insists that even if Ed's ally defeats his, the building is too hard to navigate and he'll never make it in time. You think so, huh? Ed asks with a smirk. He glances to the side and then yells, Al, now! 48 whirls around, but there's no one there. A trick, he realizes too late as Ed rushes in and cleanly slices the blood seal bearing helmet from the rest of the armor body. That wasn't fair, 48 cries as his head and body fall to the floor. All's fair in a fight to the death, Ed says. He wipes the sweat and blood from his face and transmutes his blade away, then picks up the helmet as 48 asks why he hasn't destroyed his blood seal yet. Ed says he doesn't need to, since the rest of his body is useless without the part with the soul attached. Besides, he has something to ask about. The Philosopher's Stone, 48 correctly guesses. But he refuses to say more when Ed asks. Ed says he's not really in a position to argue, but 48 laughs. I haven't lost yet, he says. And to Ed's shock, the armor body has gotten back up, and it slices into his side with its sword before he can react. It can't be, Ed cries, clutching at his wound and staring in horror. No one said there could only be one soul for one suit of armor, the body says, approaching. I forgot to mention this, but when they caught Slicer, the head begins, and the body finishes, they found out there were two killers. We're brothers. The head and body are separate, Ed says. You lousy cheat. Who said all's fair in a fight to the death, the head shoots back. The soul in the body follows his brother's example and shows off his own blood rune, which is in a similar place to Al's, and then engages Ed in another round of their fight. Ed, already exhausted, shaking, and losing blood, doesn't even manage to transmute his blade, and it's all he can do to evade the worst of the blows. His opponent strikes him in his wounded side with the butt of the blade and sends him reeling back, gasping in pain until his back hits a column. He starts to panic internally, wondering if he's going to die here, and the thought triggers a memory of the last time he thought he might die, with the man called Scar looming over him. He puts his hands together for a transmutation and mutters, Work, damn it. The Slicer brother lunges forward with his blade, and Ed, remembering Scar's attack, ducks under him and manages to make solid contact with the armor's torso. I just remembered this guy I don't like, Ed says, and then the armor shatters into two pieces in a rush of light and sound, a perfect replication of Scar's destructive alchemy. The body falls, the head cries out in shock, and Ed, still bleeding, slumps painfully to the floor. 
The upper half of the body flails angrily and futilely for a bit, freaking Ed out. But the head calmly says, I hate to admit it, little brother, but we've lost. Ed nervously nudges the legs of the armor. You're not going to say that you guys are actually three brothers, are you? But the older brother assures Ed that he's truly won this time, even complimenting him on the fight. Ed asks again for information about the Philosopher's Stone, but the older brother again refuses, telling him to just destroy them and leave. I won't be a murderer, Ed says, and the older brother scoffs. How can you call us human with bodies like these? I didn't tell you to kill us, but to destroy us. Ed frowns. If I were to accept that you guys aren't human, he says, then I would be saying that I don't consider my brother human either. The older slicer remembers Ed saying that he spars with someone like him all the time, and Ed finishes firmly. My younger brother is human, and so are you guys. I'm not going to kill you. There is silence. Then the older slicer begins to laugh. How ironic, he says. My brother and I have robbed, destroyed, and killed ever since we can remember. There's an image of two small silhouettes holding hands in the remains of a ruined city. He continues, we survived all these years, even though we were looked down upon and called soulless devils. Only now that our human bodies are gone and our souls are all that remain, does someone treat us as human. How very amusing. He laughs a little more and then says, kid, you said you wanted to know about the stone, right? His little brother tries to stop him, saying they'll be destroyed if they speak about it, but the older brother says they'll be destroyed anyway for failing. He tells Ed that he'll explain all he knows as a farewell gift. He's not an alchemist, so he doesn't really know anything about the stone itself, but he does know the ones who made it and ordered them to guard this place. Who are they? Ed asks urgently. But before the older slicer can answer, a pair of familiar talons shoot suddenly through the back of the helm, piercing his blood seal. That was too close, Lust says, retracting her nails with the helmet still attached and sputtering weakly. Now, now, 48, don't talk about things that don't concern you. And she's not alone either, as Envy steps up beside her. What's the full metal runt doing here? They ask, and with a grin adds, well, I suppose we'll have to fix that, won't we? That's the end of chapter 12. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Nobody's dead yet. Was, Wait, yeah. no. Well, <laughs> well kind of. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's re-dead yet. <laughs> chapter 13 opens right where he left off. What a troublesome child. I wonder how he found out about this place, Lust says. The older slicer brother, still impaled on her nails, groans. I hate to do this in front of your brother, but you leave me no choice, she says to him, and then tosses the helmet to the air and slices it cleanly in half, destroying the blood seal. Big brother, the younger one cries out in horror. Then it turns to desperation. Damn it, we can still fight. Give us a body. Give us a new body. Give us a... But he is cut off by Envy, plunging the slicer sword through his blood seal as well. Just shut the hell up before you say something you'll regret, Envy says, suddenly growing angry. They repeatedly stab through the seal as they continue scolding. Do you realize that the two of you almost killed our precious human sacrifice? Not only that, but you were about to start revealing our secrets. You two could have totally wrecked our plans. Were you planning to make it up to us? Well, come on, say something. Envy, less calmly interrupts, he's already dead. Envy looks legitimately surprised for a moment, then casually steps back and shoulders the sword. Figures, that idiot had no backbone at all. He's so weak it makes me sick. They saunter over to where Ed is still leaning against the column and greets him with a cheerful, Pleased to meet you, Mr. Full Metal Runt. They taunt Ed for a bit, wondering aloud if maybe they should kill him after all, and then they're surprised when Ed manages to struggle to his feet and kick out in anger. How cute, little guy still has some fight in him, Envy says, but then sighs that they were hoping they wouldn't have to fight today. Ed, enraged for a number of reasons, including being called small, puts his hands together to prepare to transmute and snarls, You started this fight and I'm going to end it. I'll beat you so bad you'll wish you never- And then with a sudden loud crack, his automail arm falls uselessly to his side. Lucky, Envy cheers, and then knees Ed brutally in the chest. I was just kidding when I said I would kill you, they add with false sweetness, while Ed coughs and sputters blood. Envy lets him fall to the floor in a lump, telling him he should be grateful his arm broke and spared him a worse beating. One more thing, boy, Lust says as he lies motionless on the ground. Don't ever forget that we let you live. With Ed out, Lust and Envy discuss their next move. They don't need the fifth laboratory anymore to make stones, so they decide to destroy it to get rid of the evidence. 
Ed finding the place was unexpected, but just knowing what he knows shouldn't cause problems. After all, their plan is already in the final stage. Back outside, Al is reeling from what Barry has suggested, not helped at all by him remembering Ed's recent words. There's something I've been meaning to talk to you about, but have been too afraid to bring up. What was it Ed was trying to tell me, he wonders, as the words echo in his mind. Barry takes advantage of Al's distraction, continuing to taunt him about being an artificial soul as he continues to strike out with his cleaver. Just accept it, he says. You'll feel better that way. Al's anger lets Barry get the upper hand, and he delivers a blow that knocks him back into his knees. I got you now, he yells excitedly, raising his cleaver. But then two shots ring out, bullets piercing through Barry's raised hand and making him drop the weapon. It's Ross and Brosh to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> Ross takes aim at his head and orders him to hand Al over. Barry gripes about bodyguards showing up just when things were getting interesting and wonders why the security guy didn't keep them out. Then he remembers he just chopped him up a little bit ago. <laughs> Oops, my bad. He looks around at the two soldiers and the now-recovered Al and begins to reconsider his odds. Before he can make a choice, though, the ground begins to rumble, and then a large explosion emanates from within the lab, rocking the whole area and sending debris flying. Al frantically tries to get inside to get to Ed, while Ross struggles to hold him back, telling him he'll, ju telling him he'll just get crushed as well. Barry takes the opportunity to flee while Ross shouts after him. And then, from the falling wreckage, Envy emerges, Ed's unconscious form carried over their shoulder. Hello there, I came to deliver a package, Envy says, handing him over. They tell Ross and Al that they should take Ed to the hospital and that they should take better care of him. We can't afford to lose him, Envy says. Rosh runs over, encouraging them all to run, and Envy vanishes while their backs are turned. With no time to figure things out, they pick up Ed and hightail it out of there, just as the building finally fully collapses behind them. From a safe distance, Barry watches the destruction. He concludes that the loss of the lab means he's probably not going to be needed as a guard anymore, and that 48 is probably dead too. No point in going back to them just so they can dispose of me, he says. I think I'll just enjoy the sweet smell of freedom for a while. And Barry the Chopper disappears into the night. No. <laughs> <laughs> Next door, there's a bit of chaos at the prison as the lab's explosion shakes the ground. Prisoners panic while the guards yell at them to keep down and try to figure out if there's any risk to the prison. But in a dark isolation cell, one prisoner is cheerful. A man with long hair, his face in shadow, his wrists in stocks to keep his tattooed hands apart, joyfully sings the praises of the sound and feel of such a high-powered explosion. One of the guards tells him to shut up, and he apologizes just as cheerfully. Oh, I'm sorry. I was reminiscing about the Ishvalan extermination campaign, and it put me in a good mood, he says. Yes, it really is such a pleasant sound. He stops talking then, but happily begins whistling instead. Another guard runs up to say there's no risk to the prison from the lab's explosion, then, hearing the whistling, notes that the prisoner must be in a good mood today. Freak, he's been giddy ever since the explosion went off, the first guard says. Kimberly, that crazy arsonist. Sometime later, Ed wakes up in the hospital, bandaged and looking disgruntled. <laughs> I mean, I would be disgruntled if I woke up in the hospital, yeah. <laughs> too, after narrowly avoiding death and escaping an yeah. explosion. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a very disgruntled face. It is. His frown is all the way to the bottom of his chin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's almost as frowny as Kimberly's smile was smiley. <laughs> Ross and Brush enter, happy to see him up, and explain that they took him to a small clinic run by a friend instead of a military hospital to keep Ed from being questioned. Ed sits up, wincing in pain from the wound in his side, and grits his teeth in frustration. I was so close to finding out the truth, he says. This is no time for me to be stuck in a hospital. Ross and Brosh trade a look, then suddenly pull themselves up to stand at attention, and very formally apologize to Ed in advance for their rudeness. Ed looks confused for a second, and then Ross slaps him across the face. <laughs> she scolds him for disobeying Major Armstrong's direct order and almost getting himself killed. A little more gently, she reminds him that as talented as he is, he's still a child, and he should learn to work with the people around him more. It's okay to trust adults sometimes, she says. Ed looks down, and the two stand at attention once more and apologize for their insubordination and rudeness. Looking a little startled, Ed says he's the one who should apologize, and does so. Ross and Brosh then ask if he's going to reprimand them for the slap, and when he says, nah, I had it coming, they slump in relief. 
<laughs> Ed asks for the reason for all the formality, and they explain that though Ed isn't a standard soldier, he's equivalent to a major in rank, so he could easily have them discharged. He didn't take the certification test for the rank, and tells them that they don't need to be so polite about him, which they both very quickly adapt to. <laughs> Ed asks where Al is, and Brosh says that he punched him and gave him the same lecture earlier, but that really hurt Brosh's hand more than anything. <laughs> Ed laughs, winces a little more from his wound, and then suddenly buries his face in his hand. I just remember there's one more thing I'm going to get yelled at for. <laughs> Way out in Risen Bull, Winry answers the phone, and Ed hesitatingly asks if it's possible for her to come out to Central to do some repairs. <laughs> you want me to come to you? she asks. And Ed says it's a long story, but he busted his arm and can't really get out there right now. She asks for the details on exactly how it's busted, and he explains that he can move his fingers but can't lift the arm at all. Winry mutters to herself that it didn't work after all, then asks Ed if he was trying to lift something heavy or swing it around more than necessary. I kind of got into a big fight, Ed admits, <laughs> and holds the phone away from his ear with a wince as he imagines Winry loudly scolding him. <laughs> but Winry is quiet on the other end of the line. Hello? Winry? Ed asks cautiously. I guess I have no choice. We're in Central, she asks. And when Ed huzz over the lack of a yelling, she says, I'm coming to do the repairs, so where do I have to go? <laughs> Is something wrong? Ed asks. You're acting awfully nice. Of course I am. I'm always nice, she insists. <laughs> Ed wraps up the call, saying he'll call again with more details later and thanking her for agreeing to come out. He hangs up the phone with a relieved sigh, and Brosh, walking by, innocently asks if Ed was just calling his girlfriend. That was not my girlfriend, Ed yells, red-faced and doth protesting so much that he reopens his wound. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of, that's definitely how people re-enter themselves, doth protesting yeah. <laughs> too much. <laughs> After he's been patched up, Brosh rolls Ed back to his room in a wheelchair, and Ed grumpily insists that she's just my automail mechanic. <laughs> Brosh says that's boring. <laughs> As they go, Ed notices Al sitting alone in the dark little corner of the hospital, staring into space. Ed calls out to him, startling Al, and says, What are you doing over there? Let's go back to the room. He stares again, and Ed asks if he's okay. It's nothing, Al says. I'll be right there. After Ed and Brosh leave, Al turns to stare again at the mirrors along the wall opposite him. He reaches out to put his hand on his reflection as Barry's taunting words echo in his mind. What if your personality and memories were all fabricated by your big brother? Just accept it. You'll feel better that way. Al's arm trembles and the mirror cracks under his hand. And that's the end of chapter 13. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Every, every time we end, it's a dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. I feel like. Yeah, it's part of the problem I had uh, breaking up the chapters. They, like, they pretty much all flow into each other to some degree. There's no, like good end yeah, yeah so many really things get started. Like, this is the end of this arc and now we start another one but so. now barry the chopper's on the loose al thinks yes. that he's not real and we mm -hmm. met some dude named kimberly who's obviously some kind of crazy al alchemist also mm -hmm. and then lust envy saved ed so many things yes. happened <laughs> oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think this is one of the, like kind of early big turning points in the series where like, it answers a couple of questions, but mostly just introduces a whole lot of, like, <laughs> bigger stuff going forward. I would say so. Oh, are you doing a summary of the um, special chapter? I was just going to mention that real quickly, yeah. Um, yeah, before we get too deep into our discussion, um, if you were reading the original uh, collected editions, that's not... Like the original, uh, yeah, the original Tankoban like, uh, or whatever. Yeah, I was like, I can't think of a word besides Tankoban. I can't, I can't either. The original publication in yeah, the original, in the U.S. in North America, yeah. I guess, in our case, yeah, the original volumes, I guess. Uh, yeah, um, you would have the uh, military festival guide in between these two chapters. Uh, Fumakus has a lot of little uh, side stories that Arakawa uh, drew throughout the years. Uh, some of them are packaged in with the uh, the volumes. Uh, none of them are in the. Uh, collector's edition so far i feel like we're missing out uh, yeah they're pretty fun this one's mostly just silly um 
but some of them have some you know backstory relevance and stuff so i'm gonna like bring up the bring up the ones that are packaged in when they come up Ooh. in the original when they would come up in the original run uh unfortunately some of my favorites were never packaged in so i'll try to like mention them when the if mm. some relevant information comes up okay um and i'm gonna skip uh there were some like tie-ins for video games and stuff I'm not. I'm gonna skip those. Advertising those are... ones are advertising. Yeah, those are not at all really relevant. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, this one had the military festival guide in, which is just uh, basically in East City. A rumor starts based on people going, "Hey, who would win in a fight, Ed or Roy?" <laughs> and um, it spreads far enough that they actually uh, get authorization to fight <laughs> from the Fuhrer president himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fuhrer president King Bradley. I guess Fuhrer president uh, King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, wait, no, his name is King. You said his before. His name is King. Right, yeah. oh. it makes it sound extra silly. He, he hasn't he hasn't been introduced yet in our story proper, mm-hmm. but yeah. So this is like the first time if you're reading the the English volumes that you see uh, the Fuhrer. He just has a brief role in there where he permits them to have their fight and then tells them to clean it up afterwards. I feel like Fuhrer having the name Fuhrer King Bradley in this case is like being major major like in <laughs> Catch Twenty Two. Where he's like fear for pres- wait president King Bradley, yeah, <laughs> like major 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 or whatever his name is, <laughs> major major major. <laughs> yeah, his first name being King just makes the fear president thing even sillier. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> fear King Bradley is slightly less crazy, mm-hmm. slightly less. Isn't over that what the they top. go with in the anime? Fear King. Well, he. Well, or if you're King Bradley. Cosm wasn't there when we talked about this because it was in our first or second episode, I think, where. Oh, yeah. In the translated version of the manga in English, the title is Fear King. But, like, maybe. Fear President. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Fear President. But, like, Mm -hmm. the word that they use in. That's used in the Japanese version is just the same word as what's used for Fuhrer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it pretty much only gets used for, like, those kind of, like, supreme leader fascist type things. Yes. Mm -hmm. I've seen a. Like when I looked up the word, I can't remember. It was like Daisoto. Yeah. Um, like when I would like like looking up translations, one of the translations I found was like Generalissimo. So it only gets used for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So I think the literal translation is like big leader. Yes. Soto is supreme supreme ruler, Generalissimo. So the big ge- supreme ruler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in the translation, it's fear or precedent. But like the mm-hmm. it, that's why I constantly like to joke about it because yeah, um, I mean I've I've noticed that <laughs> I just um. <laughs> You know, yeah, that I constantly with... joke about it. <laughs> that too, yeah. yeah. I'm sticking with just calling him Fear, Fear. which I believe the uh, English translations of the anime just went with Fear. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Maybe the subtitle well, was Fear um, instead. Or the so I was thinking, because I didn't know his first name was King, and I thought that the uh, the anime title was Fear King instead of Fear mm. President. I was like, I kind of like that a little more, just because like... It's it, more supreme. It, I mean, maybe a little redundant, but it does yeah. definitely <laughs> give you sort of a... The same vibe, yes. at least. Yeah, yeah Fear yeah. President seems to nice <laughs> yeah not not dic- di- dictatorial is that authoritarian a yeah not authoritarian enough dictatorial is a word i don't think it means what i think it means though or the way that i'm saying it you know what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't think that word means what you think it means yeah <laughs> anyway so yeah so that's that's why that's the situation yeah yeah in case you missed out and you're joining us now that's that's mm-hmm. also why I make fun of it all the time because I think it's yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny to throw in president if you're a president. It's like, yeah, why? Yeah. Like I think it could be like an interesting thing if you're like if it was like in universe trying to soften it or whatever. But yeah, no, that would be interesting. But it's not mm-hmm. that. 
Yeah, I could see like them if there's doing like that. some kind of yeah, some kind of like parody of like dictatorship thing, and they're like, oh, this is the Fuhrer president. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you would laugh at that in a parody. Of yes. Dictatorship. <laughs> you're like, huh? <laughs> just like that. That's the kind of laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of laugh. <laughs> and he'd be like, this is the big board. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't fight here this is the war room. <laughs> that's the kind of place where a fear president would be let's be honest yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yes yeah, so this is kind of a silly side story but it does give us our first uh glimpse of the Fuhrer as we're reading along that's right i was like why are we talking about this so, again <laughs> yeah. yeah also it pointed out the only thing that i thought was of note was that they said that roy is a war hero mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so maybe that's why he's colonel could be um yeah yeah i think he's definitely like his actions in the war definitely were respected within the military. So <laughs> it says something about him? something. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of that, I mean, this is uh, the very end of the chapter 13, 12, 13. Yeah. 13 yeah. Uh, was, I don't know if they've ever called it this because we knew it was a genocide and that it was, you know, uh, a brutal campaign, you know, during that civil war. But is it the first time they brought out the Ishvalan extermination campaign? campaign? Is that the, like, official name for it? That's what Kimberly called it in mm -hmm. quotation yeah. marks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, if that's, like, the the actual order, like, that... Mm -hmm. I and mean, there was no, like, uh, what do you call it? Like... There was no softening, softening with president. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. nope. um, which is kind of crazy, because, like, mm -hmm. I mean, again, we we have talked about, you know, it's a genocide. It was you know, kind of ruthless. It was things people regretted, but like, how was it advertised and such, you know, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and if it had that official title, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It is kind of interesting that like all the military people we've seen so far call it like the civil war or the Ishvalan war. It's true. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Kimberly, who appears to be locked up for war crimes, <laughs> of some, I, I suppose some, yeah. of, <laughs> of some, you know, variety, uh, is the one who like happily calls it the Ishvalan extermination campaign. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we'll learn more about him someday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he seems horrifying, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he makes an impression in his couple of panels there. Mm -hmm. He smiled Maybe. like Dr. like a uh, Father Cornello. I was called Dr. Cornello. Father Cornello. Yeah. That's how you know mm -hmm. he's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. His face was yeah, in I mean, shadow, we but that... we saw his smile. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we see that he's, you know, in an isolation room, not with the other prisoners, mm -hmm. and he has yeah. the uh special handcuffs. Yeah, the, the like a shackle, on his wrist. a stock. Yeah. yeah, that's probably. I did. Right. I did some research on like trying to see what it is. I, the best I come with was wrist stocks. Yeah, it probably is that because a stock is where they stick your head in too. Yeah. yeah. Actually, apparently, I I can't remember what it's called now, but apparently the stocks are actually for your feet. Oh. Oh. And then what's it's the, the head the thing? The pillory called? is what oh. it is. If it's got your head in it. If it's got your head and hands in it. This is um. your quiz bowl knowledge coming in handy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was doing some Googling trying to figure out what's called and finding all these. And then when I was trying to Google like the wrist specific ones, don't Google this. You will wind up with the uh, bondage gear in your search. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or do. It's, yeah. you know, it's I your mean, yeah, life. Depending on, depending on your goal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he has, I guess the most important thing about Kimberly is that he has the alchemical symbols on his hands, tattooed on his mm -hmm. hands. Yeah. Not the Orboros one that we've seen so so far tattooed on people, but something else. Mm -hmm. tattooed on his hands and they were different on each hand which i is interesting yeah. so oh yeah they are aren't they yeah one mm -hmm. has a moon and one has a circle so i guess it's probably a sun mm -hmm. yeah i have um i have some notes on uh alchemical symbols Ooh. for this uh this discussion oh yeah should we nice. talk about it or is it contextual like do we need to talk uh, we can talk about it can we, we talk, talk about, about it we can start with that i'm intrigued <laughs> right. mm -hmm. but yeah so we like we talked about um triangles 
having yes. you know symbolism and meaning and alchemy and stuff and uh, we didn't go into much depth because it didn't really matter at the time but um since we've got several triangles going on in like Kimberly's transmutation circles on his hands and also the uh the big door I was gonna say five. I see that you wrote lab five door Latin and like literally five minutes mm. before this, I was looking back. I took a photo of the door because I was gonna put it in my notes, and then I was like looking at them right before we recorded. Yeah. I was like, oh, I forgot to look that up. <laughs> I would like to know if you looked up the Latin. I'm intrigued. Uh, I did. I actually know fully what it says, but I didn't know if I wanted to say it because we don't actually see the full. You can't see the thing. top. It doesn't really matter that much, but um, what is the bottom? But you can see that there's some Latin, and um, it's talking about like fathers and the father and the son and stuff. I did see what it looked like pot in the first yes, part. Yes, like and something, mm -hmm. something. Phileas and stuff. Oh, like Phileas, yeah, like can... brother. I don't know uh, Latin very well. Cosm, you speak Latin. What the fuck? Phileas was son. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can uh, tell you. Um, the full Latin says. Oh. I think it's because you see right. spoilers. You see the full, the full Latin later on. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, it says Pater Abavo est Creator Phileas Redemptor et Medio mediator which is roughly translates to the forefathers the creator the son redeemer and mediator forefathers creator the forefathers creator the son redeemer and mediator mm -hmm. hmm. yeah interesting mm -hmm. do you have an interpretation of that or does that have to come later for secrets ow <laughs> sorry for spoilers yeah i feel like there's uh, spoilers i don't know i think there's stuff you could get out of it later on okay. but right now i think it's some more interesting um uses of kind of religious it yeah uh, yeah it has the sun and stuff there too mm -hmm. it's like do you think that it's like Whoa, i guess a jellyfish looking thing on the right is that a comment whoa a jellyfish hold on wait let me find i gotta look at the door again because <laughs> oh. it's got a sun on the oh, left it's um yeah, it's the sun and the moon which oh are, i see it now it's the moon yeah. it's got a little face too <laughs> oh yeah yeah we got the sun and the moon and then we've got uh three triangles yes they're all pointed in different directions the triangles mm -hmm. Yeah, and then in the middle we got some little like astrology kind of symbols and a star and an upside down. Uh, and it's a five pointed star. Five pointed star, not a yeah. six pointed star. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess the father situation that is a Christian iconography mm -hmm. thing, maybe. Yeah, just the use of like the father and the son and yeah, like creator and redeemer and stuff mm -hmm. like, and it being in Latin. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But it's also, I mean, a lot of esoteric stuff is written in Latin, yeah. too. So, I mean, it's like you could be one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the upside down star and then the other, yeah. like the triangles and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's very esoteric. I will, it's, well, yeah. I will say that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could tell that last time when he walked into the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so for like the triangles, um, yeah, depending on like how they're pointed and what lines they have on them they're uh represent the different the four basic elements mm -hmm. <clears throat> so if it's uh just a regular triangle pointing up it's fire if it's a regular triangle pointing down it's water if it's pointing up and has a line across the point it's air and pointing down with a line across the point is earth okay smart so uh you can kind of like look at water. looking at uh kimberly's he's got i believe uh fire and water as far as the triangles right, go kimberly <laughs> he has the sun and the moon inside though right yeah and the sun yeah. and the moon on the inside and those have their own meanings in alchemical notation too um oh okay yeah it's just the triangles are okay so yeah he's got one pointed up and one pointed down mm -hmm. oh, okay it's hard to see because his hands are rotated 
but yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one on his right hand is pointed down. The one on his left hand is pointed up. So the one with the sun on his right hand is down. The one in the, with the moon on the left hand is up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that has some yeah, so like the sun, like, too. <laughs> yeah. So like the sun is often, the sun symbol is often associated with gold and the moon mm. symbol is often associated with silver. Mm. So there's, uh, and then he's got like fire and water on the hands too. So he's got some kind of like opposites thing going on. Yeah, there. it does seem like yeah. that. And it's all in his right and left hands too. So mm-hmm. interesting. Apparently, the moon and the sun together represents platinum, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> cool. Yep. I'm not 100% sure what the astrological symbol is supposed to be on the door, because it doesn't really, like, identically look like one of them. Let's look at the door. Hold on, wait. Uh, I don't have a photo of the door. Do you know what page is that in? 13 or 12? It's 13. Uh, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of toward the beginning. Before page 12, they go outside. Volume. Yeah. Uh, after the stabbing. Mm-hmm. Oh. It looks like a Capricorn, kind of, but with a... It's like a Capricorn on top of a plus. Or like a woman, female sign with <laughs> with horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of looks like... In some of the like planet symbols. Aries has the curvy horns. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't actually look like the symbol for Capricorn. No. But it kind of looks like a variation on like the symbol for Pluto. Is it Capricorn? Or possibly Am a I variation crazy? of Mercury. But <laughs> Oh, sorry. Not Capricorn. Aries, I guess. Mm-hmm. Someone in the audience is screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. Yeah, it looks like it's got, like, the Aries horns. Yeah. Um, and then you said, sorry, you said it looks like Mercury? Yeah, it kind of looks like a variation on Pluto or oh, Mercury. Oh, Pluto. Pluto. Mm-hmm. I think more Pluto. Well, but... do they fuse them? Because copper slash Venus is just the circle with the... Um, plus. The, the plus on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then if you add Aries on top of that, like, isn't that sort of what it looks like? Yeah, yeah, it looks like the like female symbol with the curvy horns on top. <laughs> I just like yeah, I don't know be... what any of this means anyway. I was just trying to interpret like which one it was supposed Mysterious. to be. Mysterious. It definitely doesn't look mm-hmm. like a specific one though. Anyway, yeah, yeah some weird esoteric mm-hmm. shit basically. Yeah. The conclusion yeah. is it's a weird esoteric symbol. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can glean any specific meanings <laughs> from any of it, but I do think it's cool that there's like real, you know, alchemical symbols used. Yes. Anyway, that was my brief foray. <laughs> Real world alchemy references. Esoteric symbolid- symbology. Yep. Yes. I'm probably on a list now. So. <laughs> You're on a list because of the bondage equipment, not because of the <laughs> yeah. not because of the alchemy. <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, Kimberly I mean all we can see about Kimberly, all we know about him right now is that he's in prison and he's got he's an alchemist. Obviously, he was involved in the Civil War, the quote unquote Civil War. Mm-hmm. And he loves explosions. He loves yeah. explosions. <laughs> they call him an arsonist. Yeah, they did. That's right. They call mm-hmm. him the arsonist. Yeah. And I've seen that translated a couple different ways. Like, I've seen them call, say, like, the Mad Bomber Kimberly and stuff. Oh. So. Should I look it up? I don't know if I can oh. glean something oh, yeah. from that. Maybe. Hold on. Wait. Where's my book? Oh, here it is. I have a feeling with his love of explosions, it was meant to be more along the lines of Bomber, but arsonist just sounded more natural. It's just kind of weird that you... And they would... both have kind of the same you know connotations yeah. it is a little oddly specific that you would say that after the library was burned down though but then we know that it was like lust so mm-hmm. mm. yeah i think that has to do with explosion doesn't it uh why uh i think the word for explosion is Bakudan. like bakuhatsu or something like that maybe Oh yeah, I forgot yeah, you know so much about Pokemon. Sounds vaguely familiar from <laughs> that sounds vaguely familiar from my knowledge of Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta explode them all or Paku. Oh no! Well, you know the, the not explosion. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
What dictionary do you use? Jisho.org. Okay. Bakudan means bomb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what this kyo means. Hold on. There's a lot of words for kyo, though. It's going to take me a second to look it up. Oh, this. Enthusiast. Enthusiast. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> bomb enthusiast. <laughs> a secondary definition says somebody possessed of a certain kind of mental abnormality. Oh. Is that like that a... That would explain why they call them crazy. I guess. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't but know. Yeah, I'm not familiar uh, with either of these words. So <laughs> yeah, the yeah. move explosion in Pokemon is uh, uh, Daibaku Hatsu. Interesting. <laughs> it's giant explosion in Japanese. <laughs> Daibaku Hatsu. Hmm. That's oh, right, Kazum. You just said it was Baku Hatsu. That's the word for explosion. Hold on, I want to see the sentence search because sometimes that's. Hold on. Yeah, Kazum. Um, Jisho is nice because then you can find sentence examples for it, which is also I think really helpful for finding things like this where the context is weird. Okay, so like here's some example sentences. So one says, "A madman is not accountable for his actions," mm-hmm. where that's like. So he's a, a crazy bomb enthusiast. Seems like. Mm-hmm. Maybe like bomb I think enthusiast it, it's probably... seems like what he would insist he was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just a bomb <laughs> enthusiast. I was gonna say I think it's kind of like the word fanatic. Like you can be fanatic yeah. about something that you just like, like a fan, or mm-hmm. it's like you're crazy. You know, like yeah. I, I feel like it's kind of a similar. Yeah. There's some other examples that are like. I went. Om- I almost went crazy with fear. Or mm-hmm. this says dreams can make me mad. I'm sure it means mad as in crazy. Grief mm-hmm. drove her mad. Her anx- anxiety almost drove her wild. She was mad with anger. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess it's like in crazy. I would say like fanatic. The bomb fanatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that makes a good translation. But I don't think arsonist makes a good translation either. Actually. Yeah. In that context, it, the bomb well, bomber I- sounds good. Like the mad mm-hmm. bomber. Kimberly the mad bomber. Mm-hmm. I submit as a translation. Yeah. yeah, I like that one better. I thought about saying that instead, but I thought I'd just read what was on what the did they say? What did they say in the other translation? Just bomber or something like that? I think the original Viz translation probably said arsonist. Uh, I just remember reading it in like a... a tr- oh, a... Uh, a a scanlation back in the day, mm-hmm. yeah. You're like, back in the day? I'm not doing that anymore. Ha 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 ha. Hey, I've spent... Um, I bought every single volume of Homo Alchemist. That's twice out, so. because now you have the yeah. <laughs> the other edition too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Araka was getting I her feel, money. I it's okay. No, yeah, it's like I feel no guilt over <laughs> reading scanlations before there was an English translation. If you buy it later, then you still they still get their money, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, listen, but yeah, I think bomber bomber makes more sense. Probably I don't know why you would pick out. arsonist. That's kind of I guess because yeah. it has a, like a I think they probably did, connotation of being yeah, I think fanatic. They just felt it. Yeah, I think it probably just felt like a a more natural. Translation is like a known crime kind of thing. I guess. But, yeah. Do you think it's think like they, a specifically maybe a bombings crime? weren't as big a thing when they translated it? Maybe actually, maybe. <laughs> anyway, anyway great. You know. Perfect. Also, people know what bombs are. Listen, anyway, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like mm-hmm. a onigiri donut, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, cool. Okay, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Also, arsonist doesn't seem like enough to be in a isolation cell. I feel like the crazy bomber, fanatic bomber. Depends on what you burn down. I yeah. guess so. <laughs> just, just people, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Like, <laughs> like if you burn down the, uh, like, you know, local, uh, you know, main central library branch. Yeah. So, like if you go, if you burn down like the local, like. Uh, corner store that's probably not gonna get you in an isolation room but if you burn down the white house <laughs> it might be now you're on another list <laughs> you need to be careful 
anyway three very interesting lists today (laughs) it maybe it's all one list like some weird venn diagram list there's like you and two other people on it the esoteric esoteric bondage arsonist there might be more people on that list than you think (laughs) probably (laughs) anyway cool (laughs) so that's interesting so we met him yep Mm -hmm. so that's kimberly yes I guess we should talk about the Slicer, otherwise known as Two People, and Barry the Chopper. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that curveball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It must be weird being a head with a separate body. He's like, now go. Yeah. I said go. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. he's the head. The okay. first, the head was talking, but the body was, mo- the weather who was in the body was moving the armor suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so something that was interesting was, you know, he knocks off the head and it's like, okay, now that I've severed your connection to the body, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really do anything. Um, and I think they've, you've sort of seen that like uh, Al's head sort of deactivates when it's disconnected. Yeah, he can like pop his head off yeah. and it doesn't affect him. Yeah. He can still move around. Well, but I think typically his, you know, how There's his no eyes, eyes sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if they kind of share connection because he's still mm. connected to it. They both have a soul. I wonder if they're able to sort of work in unison. That's true. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I kind of was. I think I kind of always thought that like they have, like when his head is attached, he has some control over the body. Maybe and they're just you know, they've been you know surviving together their entire lives, so they're good at working together. Mm-hmm. But that's. Um, I mean, I know something that we talked about uh, with Scar, sort of how you know, what constitutes like a whole unit when you, that you can affect with alchemy. Mm, yeah. um, and that's sort of interesting that like, cause the head does come off. It's a separate piece altogether, but when it's connected, it's affected by the alchemy. And it, it's, it's interesting. Cause I mean, I guess this soul binding is a unique form of alchemy, but mm. even after the fact, just touching more, iron or i guess of the material lets you control that piece hmm. like i guess yeah yeah it's it's interesting because you know what what could you add to that to have more control over or is it although when the um when ed repaired al after the fight with scar he was very careful to get all the pieces yeah gathered up, mm-hmm. which kind of suggests he couldn't just replace it with any random metal that could be Mm-hmm. Hmm, that is interesting too. Might be like everything that's in that's together when the transmutation occurs or something. It like could that. be, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's like super special. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. How much control does he have of all of that? Like, would he have control of his hair? <laughs> Using it as like, <laughs> can he like? Are you saying can he whip his hair back and forth? Is that the question? <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you well the hair is not made of metal so i guess it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah i suppose yeah. like yeah, bury the they, choppers they talk about the huh like the blood binding to the iron and stuff yeah so. yeah yeah i guess that means bury the choppers skull was a metal skull because as i had said before i always thought it was a skull skull not mm-hmm. armor mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't know how that, that works like a... <laughs> it seems to yeah, be connected it's probably... yeah it's probably just a like decorative skull thing but maybe there's a metal piece inside where his eyes yeah, it could be like it could be like the back part is metal actually looking at it it looks metal it has like, like a big like a hit pin like for the it. jaw right yeah there's mm-hmm. like a hinge on it and everything yeah so i think it is mm-hmm. i think it's just decorative i just never thought it was yeah. i never thought too deeply mm-hmm. about it before 
Yeah. Now we know his name is Barry the Chopper. <laughs> yes. Barry's chopper. Yeah, Barry's the Chopper. <laughs> Otherwise known as Jerry Jewel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Jewel is the English voice actor. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a feeling. Yeah. But wasn't from, certain. Uh, yeah. the, from I don't know if he did Brotherhood. Did they? Did Funimation also yeah, do Brotherhood? They reprised. They had a lot of people reprise their roles. Okay. So Interesting. I think they kind of do that. Except for, hmm? Yeah. Except for? Except for the uh, kid who played Al, whose voice had changed. Oh, yeah. Now he's... Because <laughs> uh... he, like he was like literally 13. Yes. And he was recording yeah. for Al. That's right. In the original anime. Oh, he... I think now it's like Colleen Clinkenbeard or something. One of those, uh... <laughs> Maybe. One of them, like, you know, women who play young voice. boys in anime. Um, That guy, Aaron, uh, whatever his last name is, I can't remember. Um, Dis- does Dismuke? I, I never know how to I, I don't it. remember. I don't remember the order of the letters. It starts with a D. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he played somebody in Furubo too. I forget who it was though. We remember we were talking mm. about him. Oh yeah, wasn't he like uh, he wasn't? Or... Was he hero? Maybe. Yeah. That means he is still playing young children. Just not Al. Al's voice was he was a little little kid when I mean he was like twelve. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Was he was, wasn't he hero in the original? We were like, oh, or uh... crazy. It's uh, Maxie Whitehead playing Alphonse in Brotherhood, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, he was Hero in the original, and now he's Kakiru. Okay, that's who it was. I was like, I remember he Mm -hmm. was in, he was in both, but I couldn't remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, his voice is much deeper now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's fully an adult now, so. Some adults still have higher voices, but he's not not him. (laughs) Like, I don't think this is going to work. (laughs) <laughs> he was last Alphonse Elric in 2017, yeah, actually, I think. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, they actually have a great callback in with his voicing in the in Brotherhood, but I don't want to spoil. Okay, the, that's the fine. Plot point, but I love mm. what they chose to have him voice. Oh, I think I have an idea. <laughs> that would be cool. That's what they did. Nice secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you want to talk about a second, I'll just plug my ears and go la 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, but yeah, okay. So wait, so we had, so we have the two. Was anybody else um, deeply upset when Envy was stabbing the brother over and over again? Yeah, yeah. It's, um... I, I mean, just in general, I really like the two of them because, like, they were very honorable, very mm-hmm. like, um, you know, they, they definitely killed people. I guess, <laughs> I say for serial like, killers. <laughs> yeah. But you know they. But they, they have like a one-panel sympathetic backstory. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's an interesting backstory, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it is. He's, yeah. It says a lot. It says way too much about humanity. I think yeah. about people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really poignant. Like I almost like, like skipped over describing it, but I was oh, like, you no, have I need to. to describe yeah. that panel with the. It's the very two, important. Like mm-hmm. two like very small Children. shadows holding hands in a like wrecked city like and it's an interesting he's like oh now that we don't have our bodies like now that we're not like you know children off the streets you consider us to be human but we weren't we were called all these things you know in our past Mm -hmm. so which suggests that they were called that even before they started like stealing and killing to survive yeah yeah. (laughs) they were born street rats and they'll always be street rats (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean i feel like that says a lot about about how people treat other people like it's very interesting slash horrifying Um, yeah i had kind of a passing thought mm -hmm. just a wild theory like i wonder if they were ishvalan they might have been yeah i had that (laughs) thought just because of um just well i mean very slight spoiler is i think they have a lot of like like i don't know if you would call it brick or stone sort of architecture Mm -hmm. um 
Inishval. Inishval, yeah. Hmm. Um, and so that was that was my first thought is when I saw that was you know all the rubble is that well, with all the rubble and just sort of the um, just just what the building that looked like in general. Um, yeah, and the like in that panel, what it looks like their clothing might be, even though they're in shadows, looks like similar to what we see um, Mishval and refugees wearing later on. Interesting, but you can't see it very well in the shadow. But yeah. could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the fact that like I mean, there's a whole genocide against Ishval. Like maybe yeah. that's what he's yeah. referring to too. Well, I guess yeah, it could be. That's like that that's why. Like, yeah, how they look, and then the combination, how that panel looks, and then the combination of like they were like looked down upon even before they were committing crimes mm-hmm. which you know obviously the issue they were dehumanized are... before they were not they yeah. didn't have bodies anymore yeah mm-hmm. so actually another thing you know we talked about his armor last time and something that i didn't bring up is to me uh, some of the design at least seems very middle eastern which mm-hmm. i think the ishvalans kind of have that aesthetic as well mm-hmm. and so if they were ishvalan that would that would sort of make a lot more sense as to sort of the mm. Because I do get like sort of like an Arabian Knight sort of vibe from his like, armor. From his armor, like um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know, just the poofy thing, the cloth, yeah. the cloth thing across his face is kind yeah. of yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, it's Bear the Chopper that has the fur or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. stole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, and the top of the armor too. Don't doesn't it normally have that kind of like plume and stuff too? Doesn't he have like the thing that kind of like what Al has with yeah? The, um, yeah, he's got the whole like a, the horse hair kind of situation that would come yeah, from yeah. the armor. I feel like mm-hmm. I think that's also kind of a Middle Eastern thing. I don't know. Again, not a military expert in any way, but yeah. especially not ancient <laughs> armor. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe I don't know. I feel like with all these clues, I think we could say that we could propose propose at least that they're maybe Ishvalan. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Barry the chopper was just an asshole. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess again the theme of humanity and what it means to be human is brought up very strongly mm-hmm. in these two chapters, especially with Al yeah. at the end questioning oh, his yeah. uh, personality and his soul and what is what's mm-hmm. real and what's not. Yeah, almost like they've been building up to this. Yeah, almost like, <laughs> <laughs> almost like they'll continue to build on this idea for the rest of the series, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love the um, like the kind of contrast of like outside Barry is just like screwing with Al's head yeah. about whether he's human or not, compared to Ed inside like deeply affirming that he considers Al human. Mm-hmm. Like, well, so another interesting thing, two things about that is, is one, um, I like how even though Barry's kind of well, he's a comic relief, he mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the brightest. That's still a very like smart tactic, yes. and like. It shows mm-hmm. that, uh, and that's something that you sort of see throughout, like uh, also with Armstrong, who's kind of a comic relief, who you would expect to be a little bit dim. And sometimes he can be, but he's also very smart sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's a very nice to sort of not reduce people just to, to like sort of a comedic role, giving mm-hmm. them some sort of um, merit as to why they're in the position that they are, why they were chosen to lead in you know because i mean they both have very important jobs mm-hmm. um and so mm-hmm. yeah you know very, they, you had you know, a lot of people to pick from and he was chosen you know mm-hmm. yeah and he, they picked the he smart managed to kill 23 yeah he managed to kill 23 people before he was caught right mm-hmm. i was just thinking yeah. not a small <laughs> not a small victim count. i was about to google yes. the like most prolific serial killer list on wikipedia to find out if he mm-hmm. if you <laughs> what the most prolific is uh yeah but yeah like it's not a small amount of people for sure. So 
he probably had some some it was probably difficult to catch him i guess mm-hmm. yeah and i like and you know he's about to do it again because he's just disappeared <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that wasn't really a good idea on the um <laughs> on the i guess the army or the government's part to like make yeah. give that was also a, a smart move of him where he's just like well well if i go back they're just gonna kill me so yeah. <laughs> i like how he stands leave. off in the night you can see his little eyes glowing in the armor yeah, i love those two panels yes of the, mm-hmm. the, like shadow and then it's gone yes <laughs> i guess i'll peace out now which is it is a smart <laughs> idea um yeah it's dastardly yeah, and it's, it, yeah. in addition to like having him be be able to be smart on top of being comic relief i love how mm-hmm. much he can switch from being like really funny to really unsettling yes yeah yeah that it is interesting the thing that i thought was interesting about the contrast that between the two fights which kayla you kind of just mentioned more so about the positive side but the really interesting mm-hmm. thing is like uh number 48 the slicer slicer bro one slicer bro two they mm-hmm. um like they treated out they they treated ed like it they they fought in this kind of like a straightforward fight you know it was just like blows were dealt barry mm-hmm. the chopper couldn't land a blow and then when he realized that he was cornered he used like a mental tactic to fuck with al which mm-hmm. i think was really interesting so like did he win the fight i don't know <laughs> like <laughs> al's still thinking I'll about it in a fight to the death yes mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I just thought it was kind of interesting he used a different tactic to like throw al mm-hmm. off as an opponent so yeah. and yeah i think it's interesting to your point Cosm. like they they surely picked people who demonstrated a level of intelligence in their life that could do this job after i guess <laughs> yeah but yeah very interesting um the other thing i was going to talk about is that with barry right i mean someone who kills 23 people and gets away with it well gets away with he up got to away 23, with 23 people yeah <laughs> yeah like uh i i think he got away with 22 yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> at least twenty two, or yeah, at a minimum yeah. twenty two. <laughs> um, <laughs> he uh, like that's that's big news. You would think that even in a remote place, uh, uh, with, with yeah, with an advanced like, because because you know they're they're advanced. You know, I could maybe see like they have radio, very clearly. like yeah, very old technology, like you know ancient rome or something like that maybe not but yeah you would think that news would spread you know about something at least that big well maybe al was just a kid well but it's how long ago it was it's more of like you're paying attention to yeah again i I mean i guess um barry says that it doesn't matter if he's not real and his memories are fake but like yes he's so proud of his history and sort of his accomplishments but when it comes time to verify that he really was that person who accomplished that I was just like, sorry, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they have a very interesting, um, uh, like a, a mirror, this fight that they have, which is really more of a dichotomy? verbal fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Where, yeah. like, yeah, Barry the Chopper is yeah, like, I think oh, I'm Tracy. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you should know me. And Al's like, no. And then Al is like, I know who I am. And he's like, Barry the Chopper is like, how do you know? Like, it's very mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was saying, I think it just kind of like further shows just like how like unbothered Barry is by the mm-hmm. idea. Like mm-hmm. he says, he lives to like, kill. It doesn't like, matter yeah. who he is. Yeah, yeah. I love that I kill. Therefore, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. It's like he, if you take away just the killing aspect, it's like he's uh, his experience is is validated. His his existence is validated by the things that he 
I guess, is passionate about. Whereas mm-hmm. Al is constantly seeking this thing that's very difficult, right? Like, he's trying to restore his physical body to, like, essentially, like, prove who he is and bring back his identity, I guess, mm-hmm. the, uh, thematically. So now you have mm-hmm. this person throwing that into doubt. Um, yeah. There is no way to prove that he's real or not, that he's not just a construct or that Ed Ed gave him memories, I guess. Like, that's the implication. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's, I mean, that's an interesting idea in itself. Can you have a fake soul? That's what Barry the Trapper's implying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that he just straight up says, like, what the hell's a soul anyway? Yeah. Like, it's like, that's a yeah. good, good question. question. <laughs> it's like, oh, we've all been wondering since there's pe- one's just attached to armor for the last, like, three chapters. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, I guess that, that that is sort of at odds with Ed's philosophy. He doesn't really believe in a god, and he's mm-hmm. not, he's very based in science and what you can see and what you know exists. And, a soul just doesn't really fit into that yet. He was able to bind one and like, I mean, I guess that means that it exists and he knows for a fact it exists, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I, I guess it goes along with a the theme of sort of science versus religion that we've talked about a bit before and yeah. how, um, I feel like Ed's more like, God exists and he's a dick rather than like God <laughs> I mean, doesn't yeah, exist. Like <laughs> that's true. He's never really said outright. I guess like the things where uh Rose was like, Oh, but like, you know, like father like Leto is good and this is good or whatever, Ed was just like, No, I don't believe that. He didn't say he doesn't believe in something spiritual. That's true. I, I, th- I think it was I think it was he doesn't believe in miracles, I For think sure. was mm-hmm. specifically yeah. what he like, was. Like he says like I'm an atheist, but yeah. He also like, you know, also uses yeah. the terms like just recently it had the like god really has it out for us sinners mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah that's true he did say that mm-hmm. it does seem like he's revealing that he has he has some kind of spirituality mm-hmm. but not the way that other yeah i think he doesn't believe in like a benevolent god who's gonna fix things for you <laughs> like yeah. if anything he's gonna make it worse like <laughs> yeah i can see from his experiences that he might he might think that <laughs> Yeah, nobody... Yeah, it's true. Rose's deal was that she was like, oh, but, like, Father Cornello said that he would bring back my, like, my lo- dead lover, and, like, you know, that, like, Leto would, yeah, cause all these... He channels miracles and whatever, and Ed is like, no, none of that's real, mm-hmm. and you need to take care of yourself. Like, that's kind of the end message with her, I guess. So, yeah. I don't have any other things to say about Barry the Chopper and the Slicer Brothers. Except mm-hmm. that I was, yeah. Oh, what I originally said was I oh, yeah, was really we're... disturbed when Envy was stabbing them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really disturbing because it's like, like, Envy's mostly been just like, kind of like, whatever. Yeah. Like, every time we've seen them. Yes. But, uh. Mm-hmm. Are we officially calling them like, them? Like, it's. Yeah, I think that's kind of the. Um... I think that's the point of the aesthetic, the way yeah. that Envy is drawn, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to match my uh, my pronouns to my verbs sometimes though but um, yes. I, I do my best you did a good job this time mm, yeah i think it's been translated as he but like in the past but i think it's like he's meant to be pretty or they're meant to be uh gender, gender in- ambiguous in- i don't know gender yeah indeterminate <laughs> i mean they don't really seem to have identities like lust doesn't seem to necessarily like identify as a woman like it's not like we yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. You can't really tell, but yeah. Yeah. I think Envy, we're meant to perceive Envy as being somewhat ambiguously. Yeah. I think, yeah, especially since Envy has the power to 
you know, take on like whatever form they want. That's true. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get behind this. I was just curious yeah. how you thought about it, but mm-hmm. um, that's cool. But yeah, when Envy, yeah, Envy is stopping yeah, the army. Trans- oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was saying, I think it's been translated as he in the past. So I like slip up into calling it, calling yeah. him he sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they is the uh, kind of the intent. So I agree. I'm gonna, we're going to go with they. I'm on board. Here on out. <laughs> Take an official stand as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, when Envy is stopping the armor. So there's like, first of all, uh, like two pages before that, Barry the Chopper slices through some guy's head. Which yeah, was, I was horrifying. Talk about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that panel where it's like in the middle of I slicing. And he's talking. Really... Yeah. I flipped the page and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Out loud. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. this is the, we've seen a lot of violent kind of stuff, the... but this was like the first one where it's like you actually see somebody getting chopped or yeah. exploded or transmuted or whatever. <laughs> we, like we've seen yeah. so many things. I think the closest would be Tucker when, yeah. he, when Scar kills him but like that's near, it was not shadow, nearly not scrap right? wasn't it mm-hmm. well there's all the you blood you see like the blood yeah. coming out of his body but yeah, yeah and the guards not... they described them mm-hmm. too like they were like oh mm-hmm. they look like they were yeah. exploded from the inside or whatever mm-hmm. right yeah it's kind of a nice like brutal reminder of like oh yeah this funny guy's a serial, a serial killer. killer yes mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's just like it was um yeah i think uh i have a suspicion that arakawa is the master of the page flip Based on a couple mm-hmm. of things that we've seen so far, like the dream, the nightmare, yeah. and then also mm-hmm. now this, where you're like, oh, it's just a regular. The guy comes up and he, he, um, the the guard comes up and like threatens, and then literally next page he's like mid sentence and Barry the Chopper's chopping his face in half. It was like, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very visceral. I guess that's the way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So then there's that guy, and then two pages later, the envy is stabbing, um the whatever 40 48 like the slicer i always forget his like um mo- moniker yes <laughs> gamer tag gamer tag yeah i always forget his gamer tag <laughs> and um but for some reason went with the armor um it's like envy first of all envy is like really mad like frustrated mad mm-hmm. and then the armor is like no no put me back to put us back to work like put us in new bodies like begging to stay alive it's like you didn't really mm-hmm. get that with the other person because obviously like they didn't have time to really react. But I was just like, oh, this yeah. is like really harsh. Mm-hmm. That's how. Yeah, it and goes. also how like Lust like just calmly it's like says that he's, he's already, already dead, dead and yeah, like Envy kind of like snaps out of it. Like, yeah, there's like a panel where like Envy looks like oh. shocked that he's already dead, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and then like just goes right back to casual. <laughs> you also see Ed's. Ed looks just as freaked out as I felt. <laughs> I guess like yeah. you can see Ed's eyes are also really like wide and stuff. While Mm-hmm. Um, both of them are getting attacked with the, when lust yeah. kisses the one the, um, and the other one. Yeah, yeah. I also found the like wordless, like almost like gurgling mm-hmm. of the helmet while it's impaled on. Yes, that's also horrifying. Really disturbing. Yes, yeah. it's like yeah, like with the armor with the seal. You would think that what would happen is as soon as the seal is like uh, damaged, then the the connection is lost like that was the assumption that i had mm-hmm. but what's implied here is like the seal can be damaged and they can almost like feel themselves like slipping away or something like mm-hmm. yeah i kind of i kind of think of it similar to like brain damage right yeah, like guess. you mm. uh, depending on like how much of it is left like it loses some function and it's not as complete yeah. and like able to yeah, yeah. that's true also people I people feel I feel like people 
who have, you know, like maybe like a degenerative disease or, or brain damage, it's like you can feel that you are not the same. Like maybe it's like that. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrifying. And you can also kind of see it with <laughs> yeah. the, the younger brother too yeah. because you can see the arm still moving Twitching. a little bit while it's oh, yeah. stabbing. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's an interesting implication on top of being yeah. horrifying. <laughs> I was going to say it's a horrific implication. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also you can see it's like I feel like what – we could interpret maybe about what Ed is experiencing is like that's Al's that's what will happen to Al if something happens yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's notable that the more visceral one is the one that has the blood seal in the same location as Al. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Ed has to watch. Mm-hmm. Watch get stabbed over and over again. It was horrifying. Yeah. But it's just it's interesting that's that like a... the less gruesome murder is the more like horrifying one it feels like yeah. mm-hmm. in this these, this chapter you know seeing a guy's face get cut in half was horrifying but yeah. seeing a, a you know like a, a soul in a suit of armor getting stabbed over and over again begging for their life was worse <laughs> somehow mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well i think i i wonder if that was intentional to sort of go Probably. along with what really is human like yeah. I, I wonder um well I, I mean i guess it's also that the guard was really not a <laughs> no. We we, we weren't. Mm-hmm. We had gotten to know the slice, slicer bro yeah. one, slicer bro two, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. slicer A and yeah. B. Uh, yeah, I think they, it's like they're just sympathetic enough that it becomes horrifying. Yeah, they said like, they were you know children, abandoned children, and they'd been committing crimes and stuff. We were just about to, and they were just about to give Ed information, and that's mm-hmm. when they get got taken out. So yeah, we we were they were yeah. just sympathetic enough. The mm-hmm. random guard was like more gross than sad <laughs> yeah and it was like quick too mm-hmm. like yeah he's just dead as soon as he starts talking so yeah <laughs> we don't know that guy we don't know about his family <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're like the brothers we're like they only had each other oh, oh now the first one's yeah. dead oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. something else that hit me um this time is uh like i've always known like ed gets the crap beat out of him in this in these mm-hmm. chapters but it's like I just noticed, like, just how... He really fucking... got the crap beat out of him. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. much pain he's in. <laughs> I was really surprised chapter. that Slicer Bro number two didn't just... I mean, he has to stay alive because he's the protagonist, but Slicer Bro number two just kind of stabbed him in the side or sliced his side. He didn't He didn't seem to want to go for the kill at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like kind of part of their, like, method of doing things. <laughs> Maybe. Like, drawing your attention to the fact that we're on round two of this fight rather than... Mm-hmm. Just immediately killing him because he then goes on to show off his his own blood seal and everything. Yes. Also, maybe it's just part of their whole serial killer nature. Like they want to do the slow yeah. slice. Maybe that is maybe yeah. that that's on purpose too. Like yeah, it could be. The older brother says that like he enjoys like having lively prey for right. Once. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, having somebody feisty who he can slowly kill. Perhaps I watch a lot of true crime. Maybe I need to stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or listen to a lot of true crime things <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. i also appreciate him like being in the hospital and very nearly like <laughs> you know like bed bound afterward yes mm-hmm. it's a realistic like follow-up on all these injuries he freaks out and then splits his um his wound again on his side yeah. which yeah. was also hilarious uh <laughs> yes but <laughs> yeah he's he's almost bedridden they had to carry him whatever uh brosh was toting him back in a wheelchair after the fa- mm-hmm. call so yeah and he like has this little like a sling ivy bag when he's like on the phone yes yeah he's not in good shape mm-hmm. the the previous fights we've seen they didn't seem to have like 
big consequences like this one. Even mm-hmm. the incident with Scar. I mean, the biggest consequence was that his arm exploded, but it wasn't yeah. his flesh arm, so it was okay. <laughs> yeah. So, at least he didn't have to go to the hospital. It wasn't that okay, but <laughs> he had to go for a repair and not a not a human body repair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is also kind of a big moment because this is the first time Ed meets uh, Lust and Envy. Right. Like mm-hmm. they they've always been in the background, sort of watching. They've been stalking. And like now you sort of know and they're they're really involved. Like they Envy carried I mean, him back. Kind of, mm-hmm. They carried him back, but they also revealed they revealed a lot more information than I feel like <laughs> Slicer was about to give anyway. <laughs> yeah, Slicer is like, like, I'll tell you about the stone, and they're like, Hold up, we want you for a human sacrifice. It's like what? <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that adds to the kind of like temper tantrum feel of like Envy's stabbing mm. thing like i don't know if envy was supposed to say all that yeah it seems like envy was kind of <laughs> out of control for sure yeah yeah but yeah they they revealed that they want ed to ed's face they also revealed that they have another place where they're making the stone mm-hmm. um well i think ed was unconscious at that oh point. was he maybe <laughs> i don't know when he passed out but oh was that after that's after yeah, because they're conversation they're, like, talking after. in front of the big, uh, the big, the big wall panel. That's when the, Ed's uh, passed wall. out. Yeah, the big board. Yeah, <laughs> the big board. <laughs> the big esoteric version of the big board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so okay, that makes sense. They revealed it to mm-hmm. us then. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I was like, that's a lot to say to your human sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is kind of funny if you look at it like from Ed's point of view because we're just like, oh no, it's those guys. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, fuck are these guys. <laughs> Same with, like, that's why I think it's funny about maybe, like, Brosh and Ross, too. They're like, we got to get out of here. And it's like, no, no, they're the bad guys. Like, they can stay. Yeah. <laughs> nobody knows about them. We know about them, but, like, nobody in the story really knows about them yet. Yeah. Yeah. Ed's going to be like, who was the palm tree-shaped person that carried me to yeah. the- <laughs> carried me out of the exploding building? <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I wonder if Ed even remembers them. Maybe he does. He hasn't revealed anything about what happened. We haven't seen any like aftermath the yeah. discussion about what happened, just that he's in the hospital, I guess. Yeah. So we don't really know what he knows yet. Yeah. Just Al's, uh, Al's identity crisis that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> that's another really good. I liked it. Uh, panel, the one where the. When mirror he crushes the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he yeah. crushed the mirror or was he just shaking or is it just like. I think, it, yeah, my interpretation is that, like, he was shaking so bad. And that it cracked. his big, you know, metal body <laughs> that it made the mirror crack. Yeah. Yeah. He, not like he was Cause angry. Cause little, like, yeah, because you can see the little, like, shaky lines on his. Yeah, I noticed that. On his arm. I just couldn't tell if it was, like, a, you know, deep psychological fear, or is it a an- rage? Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. ambiguous. Yeah. I think it's, what the first thing I said was yeah. rage. I mean, not rage. Fear. Fear, deep psychological, yeah. psychological fear. Deep psychological fear. Yeah, he seemed very, like. <laughs> Like freaked out than angry, angry at the moment. Like, yes, dwelling on yeah the possibility. Yes, but yeah, then the fact that he cracks a mirror, it just is another uh, you know, it just reinforces how in quote how inhuman he f- is slash feels. I guess maybe yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that that's exactly because he's looking. He goes to look at the mirror, and I think he sees his own reflection, and that's sort of what. I mean, of yeah. course, it's is everything else, but he like. He's really looking at himself, and I think that might be what causes that shake mm-hmm. and all that. That's a good point. Yeah. A yeah. deep contemplative look in a mirror is always about questioning yeah. your identity, <laughs> in fiction yeah. at least. 
I feel like all the times we've seen Ed now, when when something bad happens, Ed is always the one who has the tantrum. Like Ed is always the one who's more upset or more angry. Mm-hmm. In this case, I mean they he doesn't know, but like Al, this is like the first real. I think like despair that we've seen from Al, whereas we've seen that from yeah. Ed a couple times, I guess. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of interesting that he has that side too, which hadn't seen it yet, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like they've also been able to like you know talk to each other about everything mm-hmm. so far, but yeah, obviously Al at the moment is not sure how he can talk to Ed about this, so. mm-hmm. which is just dumb. Talk to people about your problems, jeez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one other thing that Lustin Envy said. Well, Ed was passed out. Not to bring it back again. I was just checking my notes, and I we didn't talk about it. They said their plan is in the final stage already. Oh yeah, true that. So yeah. I don't. We don't know what their. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't know what their plan is, but they're getting close to the end. So I feel like they really it involves a sacrifice. Clearly, <laughs> it involves esoteric uh, big board diagrams, <laughs> yep. um, With triangles, and yeah, stars suns. and stuff, pentagrams. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so whatever whatever it is that they're doing, they've been planning it for a while, I guess. I don't know. And I feel like mm-hmm. it just like up the ante of time urgency in the story, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We talked about everything that happened in the place. And we started mm-hmm. talking about what happened after because we were talking about Al. But the other most important thing happened is that Ed and Al both got physically punished. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe Al did the punishing to Brosh, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like Maria Ross got the better deal by slapping Ed. Do you think they like flipped yeah. a coin? <laughs> he was like, I punched him, and then blah blah blah, and then I was like, oh, that must have hurt, and then he holds up his hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love them like. Like giving each other a look and then like standing at attention and apologizing before. Mm. Well, they did explain. Yeah. I feel like we kind of touched on this last time, but they explained that alchemists get the rank of major. Mm-hmm. So they get basically like an off. Is it major is an officer rank? I don't know. Yeah, majors. Yeah, so they get an officer rank just by passing their exam or whatever. So, yeah. um, so we did learn that they have a high rank of importance. Yeah, major is a fairly high rank because it goes like major, lieutenant, colonel, colonel, and then the generals. Mm-hmm. At least if it's so they have an equivalent rank to Armstrong, when you think yeah. about it, and or not that well, Ed Ed has an equivalent rank to Armstrong, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. Well, it does seem to be like they say he's not a standard soldier, and they do seem to like defer to Armstrong to some yeah. degree. Like they talk mm-hmm. about the how they disobeyed a direct order. Right, we speculated that they yeah. were so in his like... command as opposed to Ed, so that would mm-hmm. they yeah. probably defer to him. Yeah. But yeah, they did. Yeah, well, I mean, even Ed like seems to <laughs> yeah like it's expected he should defer to arm yes well because so he's it seems younger like kind of, <laughs> yeah but it also seems like kind of like a like a state alchemist is like maybe a little below an actual like yeah major career yeah. military major they're still but they're above like a, a private so <laughs> yeah mm, yeah they're above both the ross and brosh right yes uh, that's why they were so ross freaking is, out yeah i think brosh is a sergeant and maria's a second lieutenant yeah something like that mm. I don't know why I used his last name in her. First I don't know. Name. I <laughs> because Ross sounds weird, but he's more of a Brosh and she's more of a Maria. I don't, I don't know why. It makes yeah. sense. <laughs> is this some weird? What is Brosh's first name? Do we know? Do you... that? It's Denny. Uh, that's Denny. why I can't Denny, can't take him seriously. Right. <laughs> I did. I last episode I made a joke about how Denny is like the most professional lame name, and then I cut it in case yeah. there was somebody listening who'd be offended. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so he's <laughs> like. So like a nickname for Denny. I would assume that, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, why would you introduce yourself as Denny? Like, you're a goddamn, what did he say, second lieutenant or whatever? Like, you're a Dennis. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
That's like me being like, hi, I'm Ellie, I'm a manager. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> maybe it's like Harry Potter, where it's not short for Harold, it's just Harry. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe his given name is Wait, Denny. <laughs> can't people be named Harry, though? Lots of people are named Harry, and it's not short for something. Yeah. But I was thinking more like, it's like, I thought you meant you were going to say, like, it's like Ginny, where his name is like something completely different than Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, I can't think of something into, like, it's crazy off the top of my head. <laughs> well, I guess it would be similar to, like, Johnny. Say, like, normally they're John or Jonathan, is... not Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Billy. Yeah. Mm. The point is... It's the name on a sad card. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's already a Dennis Brush. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guild, so... <laughs> he needs to stand out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's like, there aren't going to be any other, like, second lieutenants called Denny. I want people to know my name. <laughs> there's, like, five other Dennises, but there's no Denny's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he's a brush, but she's a Maria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this some kind of weird, like, uh, deeply ingrained patriarchal thing? I don't know. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I enjoyed that. And also, I thought it was a nice message that uh, that Ross, Maria Ross, was like, um, you can, um, it's okay to trust adults sometimes. Um mm-hmm since they always try to do everything on their own, he was kind of like, yeah, I guess yeah. maybe I should. Mm-hmm. It seemed like last yeah, episode like we were, they were like going to get they, help, like... but they, they did they ignored it in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I like how it's not like a, like, you should listen to, no. like, your elders. It's just like, you, you can, can trust, trust people, people sometimes. Yeah. Like... Yeah. They do go on and, like, joke about them being, being they were like, oh, it was kind of weird to be so yeah. formal with somebody who's, like, younger than me and whatever, but, yeah. and then they, mm-hmm. like, they joke about that. Um, but yeah, the, mm-hmm. she was like, you can, it's okay to trust people, other people. I think other people in general. She specifically said adults, but I think mm-hmm. that extends to most yeah. of them. She also says, like, learn to work with the people mm-hmm. around yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. In addition yeah. to you can trust adults. Yes. So. A good lesson. Mm-hmm. So with that, something that kind of gave me a little bit, like, I, I don't know what to think of it, but, you know, he says, and there's no reason to be so polite. I'm just a child, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't. I don't know what to make of that, right? Like, I think he's being sassy, like in his Ed style. Mm-mm. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because they're in like it's in like quotes when he says, just "Yeah, I'm a just child, a child." Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's being like facetious, sort of like fr- like friendly, sarcastic. Like, <laughs> yeah, because he's like, "Yeah, it's weird that you're being like that polite to me," and then like kind of riffing off their whole mm-hmm. life. I think he's like trying to be nice to be like it's okay for you to be casual mm-hmm. with me. But in his yeah. Ed way, where he can never just say something straight up or be nice or yeah. be sad, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does yeah. that all the time. He has to be Ed about it. Yeah, he has to be Ed about it. Oh, wait, another <laughs> important thing that I wanted to say about the Military Festival Gaiden is that <laughs> Ed used his skills of transmuting things that look like himself in yeah. the fight. Yeah, he made, like, a little like, decoy statue with his uh, face. That yeah. Looked like the, uh, <laughs> that looked like the like, water, the speaker pump in the... Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> in the train chapter. While the dust cleared. Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> just talking about his sash reminded me of that <laughs> yeah i guess the other important thing is that we're gonna get to see winry again that's important yay, yay. <laughs> we're like bring back winry and yeah. it's an idiot i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's sort of um actually retroactively impressive the automail Mm-hmm. It's really, it's like she left a piece out of it, but it still stood up for a fucking long time. It did. Yeah. That was some serious abuse. Like, if he'd just been doing regular day to day stuff. Oh, he never would have noticed. She's like, yeah. So, what did you do? Did you, like, lift something heavy? What happened? What were you doing? Mm-hmm. Tell me how it failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I like his suspicion at the fact that she's so quiet about it too. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're being awfully nice. He's like, I'm always nice. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I've seen. I don't know how if it was that way in the manga, but in some in the anime and stuff, it's like he's like being really polite when he like asks her again, like when she's silent mm. for a while. He says like, mm. "Winry san." <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Oh, I can look. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> he holds the phone away and he's like questioning it, and then he, he says, "Moshi moshi, winni san." This is good. Yeah, with lots of dot dot dots in between, as you said. Yeah, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember I laughed when I watched the the anime of that one the first time. And I think in the I think in the dub they changed it to like Winry. Ma'am, which is also <laughs> that's also that's funny. definitely a good translation. I approve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like how he's like, "Hello." Yeah. I love that. I love that panel too, where it's like, it looks like it's her yelling at him, but then it turns out to be like a him imagining it. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the phone held away, cringing. Yeah, there's just like silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the panel is cute because it's, like, cut off. Is that what you're talking about? How it's, like, he's imagining the panel of her yelling? Yes. Yeah, it's, like, it looks like it's, like, what's actually happening, but then it, like, turns into a, a thought bubble. bubble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like his grimace the whole time as well, yeah. essentially. And him, like, before that, like, in the room with Ross and Brosh, like, laughing, and then he's, like, oh, I'm going to get yelled at for something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least he knows. Yeah. <laughs> The other most important thing that happened in the military festival guide, and not to belabor it, is that all the all the heckling that they did at Roy when he starts oh, to fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite part is like Risa like <laughs> on the phone, like enabling the. Yeah. He's like, saw... Oh, actually, like oh, actually, he's in town. Oh, actually, the president says it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like oh, he's already organizing the uh, festival grounds for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Roy's like. Damn it, you can see him like getting like yeah. more and more upset the more she's like, it's already happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. Okay, mm-hmm. now I don't have any other things that I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> cause? You have any? Yeah, yeah. Cause. yeah, I think I think that's it. Right. There's a lot of questions still. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of esoteric symbols to be questioned. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think this is kind of the big like here's the plot bomb of yeah. the like early part of the series so there's still uh lots of dangerous people on the loose yeah scar's <laughs> still more. out there oh i did we didn't really talk about oh, it yeah. but yeah like he remembered scar during the fight oh yeah and then he used yeah. scar's mm-hmm. technique mm-hmm. of how he's just like please work like he just like guess has to guess how it works i guess it's very mm-hmm. interesting yeah because they kind of like theorized how scar's alchemy works mm-hmm. yeah. so but obviously they didn't like sit down and chat with him about it. No. <laughs> like, tell me how you do your quote unquote body disrupting technique, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he did that. So I guess any, it's interesting because now it's like, okay, so anybody could technically do it. Anybody who understands alchemy, I guess, could do the same technique maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, that was, that was cool. I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's callback. Uh, yeah. It's also, it shows Ed's uh, kind of like ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ability to think on his feet. Well, they say he's a genius. Mm-hmm. And um, it also, I think it shows how, how much that traumatized him, like that yeah. encounter with Scar. Yeah, like what yeah. makes him remember it is thinking he's going to die. <laughs> die again, again. Like... yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. 
Well, actually, on that note, with the 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 festival Gaiden, I thought that um, it was interesting because that that sort of showed between Ed and Roy. Ed seemed to definitely have a lot of skill and a lot of like he was clever. He was able to sort of um, think on his feet and stuff like that. While Roy was really just relying on experience and teaching mm-hmm. lessons and sort of like mm-hmm. these are the lessons that I've been taught, and that's that's sort of where his skill came from. Um, yeah, quoting. I don't know who it's supposed to be. I tried to Google if those quotes are from like a thing. <laughs> himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quoting himself. Yeah. <laughs> but he says, um, like, yeah, he says, like, a soldier who strikes first, a soldier who strikes fast strikes first, an angry soldier fights blind, and a soldier mm-hmm. should keep deception in his arsenal. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then also, uh, he's quotes a soldier should know what to retreat, which is funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, after the fight. When he's trying to get out of cleanup duty, because of course the yeah. fight caused a huge ruckus and dis- mm-hmm. disrupted, destroyed a bunch of the area. So, <laughs> yeah, with fireballs and trans- transmutations. So, yeah, which we've already seen Hughes do once before when he ducked out of the <laughs> out of the fight with Scar. Yes, <laughs> so somebody has to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's also said it was his daughter's birthday, which is cute. Yeah, <laughs> an important fact about Hughes, I guess, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> though not relevant at this time. Yeah. Okay, now I don't have anything else to yeah. say. But yeah, the heckling is funny because like a lot of it's like military related, but then it has ones like "You stole my girlfriend." Yeah. <laughs> and then with Ed, they're like, "Wow, he's so small." Yeah. <laughs> like, go get him, shrimp or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like they're cheering him on, but then they're still calling yeah. him short <laughs> while doing it, which is great. <laughs> the fight does everybody seems to be on Ed's side which is really funny there's something about that that's also really funny and subtle yeah, <laughs> yeah. alright uh, well next week we're gonna switch it up again and Ooh. read chapters 14, 15, and 16 Ooh. Ooh, alright because I hate myself uh, well <laughs> yeah and also there's another Gaiden in there too isn't there yep oh wow <laughs> the, uh, dog of the military Gaiden which is slightly more plot relevant okay um, but still mostly just cute okay well that's good yeah, hope you enjoy writing all yep. that summary. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> well, that's exciting. I think I'm getting better at writing them. That's good. So, that's good. Like in a efficient manner. So yes, it's a strange activity. <laughs> like these ones actually weren't so bad because there's a lot of like fighty fighty. Yeah. Stuff, so it's like you can kind of skip over like the details. You don't need to cover every panel with a punch and a swing. If there is <laughs> dialogue, it's a lot of dialogue. It's always the worst because it's usually expositional. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or it's a yame, and you just have to say it because it's funny. I mean, yeah. <laughs> or in this case, our case, Armstrong, and you have to say it because it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Or like, like I decided to just like verbatim tell Barry's story the way Barry tells it. So I like the way he tells it. Like the right way to do it. Yeah. So. yeah he tells it yeah. like it is a story, like a famous, mm-hmm. like there once was a man named Barry. Yeah, and it's almost like a, it's almost presented like a kid's picture book too. It is, like and it looks so horrifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he's hanging over all the crosses of the bodies that he killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's another horrifying thing we didn't even talk about, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On top of all the other horrifying things that we talked about that happened in this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if there's uh, more horrifying stuff next week oh so. I'm sure there will be it seems like we can't go a episode without something awful happening so yeah and also again uh, yeah. oh I was gonna say Arakawa hasn't Arakawa still continues to not pull any punches at all so yeah, yeah. <laughs> this time we just had a face getting chopped and mm-hmm. um, you know questions of like what's a soul what and what's real human, yeah what does it mean yeah. to be human <laughs> no big deal only the biggest questions yeah. in life really yeah <laughs> 
when that came up, when when Barry the Chopper started talking to Ed or to Al about that, I was like, oh, we're going here now. <laughs> yep. I see. Anyway, it was a good time. <laughs> yep. Always good time. Yes. So yeah, next week chapter is fourteen through sixteen. Uh, thank you for listening. We will see you then. Thank you. Right, take care. Bye. 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 Bye.